Blog Talk Radio. And I tuning in to Help for HD Live. Help for HD Live is brought to you by Help for HD International and is made possible by our sponsors, Teva Pharmaceuticals and the Griffin Foundation. Today we have Jacqueline Davish on with us, and she is the chair and trustee of Seals Kids, which is a charity that was set up in memory of Dr. Phil, who passed away from Huntington's disease in 2014. Their mission and aim is to provide family financial support, information, advice, and peer support for PGD IVF. And their hope is to make it, make it able to help HD communities to stop this horrendous disease in its tracks. This charity wants this generation within a family to be the last generation in the family to have HD, which I absolutely love their mission. And um, I would like to welcome Jacqueline to the show. Welcome to the show, Jacqueline, and thank you for coming. Um, we know it's very late in England, so we are very happy uh, that you stayed up to join us today. That's okay. Thank you for asking me. Yeah, and so let's start, uh, let's start by you telling us about Dr. Phil and how his life was impacted by Huntington's disease. Okay. Dr. Phil um, was um, my husband, and um, when I first met him, he had already lost his mother to HD, um, but they didn't realize what she had passed off until um, afterwards. Um, he, we now know that his grandfather had it. Um, he lost his younger brother in 2001, um, uh, but so far that's, that's as far as we know within the family history. Um, he was a very lovely man, very kind, very skilled, and very caring, and he believed in finding out why people got sick rather than just treating symptoms. Mm-hmm. And what type, what type of practice did he do? He was a family practitioner, a board-certified family practitioner. He went to chiropractic college first before he went to medical school. Um, and he said, I need to be able to treat everybody. If somebody comes in with appendicitis, I can hardly give them just an adjustment to stop it. So I need to find out more. Uh, he was constantly learning, uh, constantly reading and trying to find out and writing. Um, uh, quite prolific in his writing, actually. Um, and he really, really treated the whole person. He wanted to find out everything about who you lived with, if you had pets, what your power, your parents were. He really wanted to find out who you were as a person, to find out what made you tick, to make sure he had the right treatment for you. Hmm. And um, and he passed away um, recently in 2004. Is that correct? Or 14? 2014. He passed away in 2014, in April of 2014. Uh, but leaving me with a lovely legacy of um, three wonderful children. Yeah. Yes. Um, so tell us, tell us what is PDG IVF? Uh, PDG IVF is um, 
effect. It's an in vitro fertilization where the embryos are tested, pre-implantation genetic diagnosis is the correct thing, to determine their genetic makeup. It allows for screening of um, a lot of inherited conditions, including Huntington's disease, um, so that only embryos that are not at risk can be used for implantation. Yeah, and so of course this would, would does um, of course this would help someone with HD because it would um, it sounds like it would be they would only fertilize eggs. That's what my understanding, right? That are HD free eggs. Well, what, what they what we do um, here in England and um, also over there in America, they you look for excluding testing. So rather than just saying we're going to find out if somebody has HD, we have what's called a non-disclosure test where the person might not want to know if they have HD or not, but they need mm -hmm. to make sure mm -hmm. that things aren't being carried on. So the exclusion test looks for chromosome 4 in all of the samples, and mm -hmm. as this is where the HD gene is found. Um, mm -hmm. And if the chromosome 4 has been inherited from the grandparent that's at risk of HD, or the parent that's at risk of HD, um, then they don't use that particular embry the embryo. So it's only those embryos mm -hmm. without the chromosome 4 from the grandparent with HD uh, that are, fit, uh, are implanted. Yeah, and I think this is really important because I think a lot of people look at this this technology, this um, PDG IVF, and they feel like I don't want to use that because I don't want to know if I have Huntington's. I don't want to be tested. So I think a lot of people don't realize you don't have to be tested. Um, no, you don't have no, to know your um, you don't. Yeah, you you don't. And in fact, it's so um, uh, private that it, that your doctor will also not know. The, the mm -hmm. lab that used to be, they used to look for HD, but the lab technician now just looks for this particular chromosome 4, which does mean that some of the embryos that are not used may well not be carrying HD because they could have been one of the 50-50 that don't have it. But um, it's just safer not to use that particular chromosome from um, an HD grandparent. And um, it just makes it so that all we know is that particular chromosome has gone down, so we're not using that, that one but you don't have to find out your results. The lab technician no longer knows, and the doctor will not know. So, do they do they typically use like so when it is when they do run the gene test? Is it like a number that they use, or so it's like de-identified? I, I don't. Or is it just something that it they, only goes to the lab? It only goes to the lab, and it's a number. And the and all the lab does is say, okay, these particular embryos are safe. They don't have the chromosome 4 from the affected um, line, and off it goes. It doesn't say anything more than that um, it, because they don't even test for HD in the embryo. They just look for that particular chromosome having come from the affected uh, grandparent. So then those embryos go back to uh, your doctor, and your doctor then says, okay, these are the embryos that we can use, and then, you, then they get implanted. Now... Obviously, as with any IVF, it can be difficult, and you may not get any eggs that don't have that. Particular, you know, you, you may get a batch of eggs that all have chromosome 4, from, and then you can't use any of them. And that's difficult for some of our clients to um, understand because there could be healthy non-HD uh, embryos that are being uh, not used, but you can't take the risk. I, I never thought about that, that there may not be a healthy embryo. I've never thought about that before when we've talked yes. about this. Yes. Um, it is. Mm. It, it can happen. 
Um, I've known of cases where they've had 10 eggs and we've tested them and all 10 have had uh, chromosome 4 from the affected side, so none of them can be used. Because they don't test for HD specifically, they just test for that gene where HD lives, they, um, mm-hmm. the chromosome where HD lives, they, you, can, you could be getting, uh, you know, not using embryos that might be safe, but the risk is too great. Mm. So that, you know, okay. the whole process is so that we can help to eradicate and the safest way is to do yes. it this way. Yes, absolutely. Um, Tell us if someone wanted to do, what are the steps involved for an HD family that wants to use uh, PDG-IVF? Well, the way that it works um, here in England is that you go to your doctor and you're referred to an approved clinic um, and uh, or or you go to uh, your genetic counselor and they will uh, talk to you about it. If you're going through, I'll just take you through the steps and then explain about the cost, costing later. So they ask for a DNA sample um, so they can develop an exclusion test. Now, uh, they were sending them over to the States to develop the test and then sending it back to England. Uh, what they do is they'll take um, a DNA from your partner, a DNA from you, and a DNA from the person at risk, um, the parents of the person at risk. And from that, they come up with a test, and the test is really specific to you. Uh, the doctors uh, will ask you to undergo a few procedures. It could include uh, blood screening, semen analysis, ultrasound. And it's very typical to a straight IVF. You take injections to stimulate an, a higher number of eggs. Uh, the eggs are retrieved. They're fertilized. And when they get to the eight-cell stage, one uh, cell is carefully removed from the, from the embryo, and sent to look and see if it's got that particular chromosome four, um, as we've talked about before. Um, it's it's very much the IVF procedure that we've all heard about um, since Louise Brown came into the world in the 80s, um, and it's a it's a very similar process. It's just that the, our embryos get tested, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and then you get implanted and. Um, Hopefully the pregnancy takes. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. It's just like sure. any pregnancy. So. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what everyone always wants to know is the cost, the cost of yeah. PDG-IVF. Yep. Well, in the UK, we are very lucky, though it seems to be floundering slightly, to have the NHS. And thankfully, um, they offer attempts um, if you meet criteria and if your local trusts um, agree to fund you. So um, that's great as long as you meet the criteria, but funding is only available for one child, and many couples would like to have more than one. Um, And it's only available for women up to 38. Uh, And now because of the funding situation with the NHS, um, it's restricted in certain areas, and there are certain areas that are asking you to have the predictive test, which means they're asking you to find out if you have it before mm-hmm. they'll let you go in for the PGD, which kind of flies in the face of everything that um, the legislator that was set up doing PGD IVF um, stands for. Mm-hmm. So um, if you have to go private, uh, it costs around £10,000 or about $15,000. Now, that's only the cost of the medical stuff that gets done. That doesn't include um, time off from work to go and get scans or any medication that you need. 
um, in the States and here the same thing. You, you've got a certain amount of money that you'll pay, but if you miss time or if you, if for example your clinic is nowhere near you, then you have to travel to those clinics and that will cost you. You may have to spend overnight. We have a lady that I've heard of recently. She lives on the Isle of Wight, which is across the sea, and she has to then come into London to have all of her things, which is, it's, it's you know, it, not everybody has the money to be able to do all of those things as well as pay for the PGD IVF. Sure, sure. But I think one thing we always have to we always have to consider is that how much Huntington's cost us in in our life. You know, um, it, not only the cost. Yeah, the pain and suffering yeah. and everything we go through as HD families, watching our loved ones yeah. suffer, watching our loved ones go through pain, and the the immense amount of cost. I mean, when you just look at you know the food they have to eat and insurance, yes. and then when they're yes. you know when they have to go into you know when they're becoming continent and when they become the yes. the beds they need and the wheelchairs they the need, the extra and, care that they you know, need, our loved the ones chairs that so they much. need. Yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I have to say, it looks like a lot of money. And it seems like a lot of money, but as you say, the cost of, of caring for somebody with HD is, uh, is well, to be honest, my husband and I um, used to live in California. He was an American, and we actually came back to Britain because we couldn't afford to do this in the States. It would have bankrupted mm. us, and the children wouldn't have been mm-hmm. able to go to college or any of those things. We would have halted the future of our family as a whole, which is exactly mm. what he didn't mm-hmm. want to do, you know. Um, sure. So it, it does seem like a lot, but in the long run, it is a far cheaper, safer, and may I say, happier option. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, so. of course. Yeah. Um, so you told us about the assistance um, that you guys have over there in England. Is there any other yes. type of assistance for our, our listeners that are over there? Um, I'm not aware of any other charity um, that deals with what we deal with for HD um, at mm-hmm. all. I mean, we've got HDA that deals mm-hmm. with, with um, Huntington's, but not. I'm talking about for PGD, IVF, and for, um, mm-hmm. for kids, for children. Um, we raise awareness as much as we can. I've not come across anybody else who's doing it. If there is, please get in touch so we can work together. Um, we mm-hmm. try to offer support, and we provide grants. Uh, to help people to fund PGD IVF and also for those additional costs that I've just mentioned, the travel, the time off work, the extra um, um, drugs that you need to take uh, to support mm-hmm. the pregnancy in the first 10 weeks. Um, you know, that's what we're trying to do. Uh, we're only a tiny charity. We started um, two, two years ago. Um, my husband used to always, whenever he lost a patient, go and look at the newborns and say that's the future they may find the cure they may you know you never know what they're going to do and when he passed he was such a a wonderful man i wanted to do something in his honor and i thought well he Mm -hmm. loved kids he was a great father so why don't we do this and he'll have lots of kids all over the world this way without being Mm -hmm. unable to me (laughs) but at the same time you know um so we can offer so we, what we try and do is we hope to eventually get to a point where we can say oh yes we can we've got enough money for 200 babies this year or something but you know we would like to be able to at least assist at the moment um, while we r- raise funds and raise awareness um, and we do we opened our grant procedure uh, to the public uh, officially in July at our last fundraiser we do have a, um, a fundraiser every July because it's Independence Day for Americans. 
And <laughs> seeing as my husband was American, we decided that was the day that we would do our fun- biggest fundraiser every year. So uh, that's what we do. Um, we try and, you know, chat to people and, and get them in touch with people who've been through the procedure, try and find them in the clinics. And we always tell them, go to through the NHS for as far as you can, for as much as you can, and then come talk to us and see if we can add to it. And if the NHS says no, come to us and we'll see if there's something we can do. We can't guarantee we're going to say yes when they've said no, but there are certain things that we possibly could do. Yeah. Well, we need you here in the United States. (laughs) We need you. We actually need you in every continent of the world. But um, you know, this is this is a this is a a a PGD IVF um, in the U.S. They call you know they call it IVF PDG. This is PGD. This is something that's incredibly. It's such an important topic. But there are a lot of there 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 seems to be a lot of politics involved at points with this. And also the cost and insurances push back, yes. and um, yes. it's just unfortunate. It's so it's so important, and I don't know why there's it is. so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of resistance so, to it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we fully intended to have by now have a um, a uh, arm in the states. Um, it was it was very important to us to have something in California as well um, and in the U.S. as well as in England, and then hopefully other people will will join in and start ones around the world. Uh, would be we like to dream big. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, we you know we um, started all the preparations to have a nonprofit in California. Um, we have an address there, we've got board members, we've got fundraisers that are practically ready to go, and we're filing DBAs and uh, getting non-profit status. But with the current political climate, things have been put on hold to a certain extent. Um, Mm -hmm. Because there's so much going on with uh, the health system and insurances and things, uh, we need to make sure we go in with the right argument be able to get what we need from people but luckily we've got a lot of contacts with people in 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 California and across the US Um, and what we'd really love to do in the US to start off with is to raise funds look get going raise funds but also I really would like to start talking to the fertility clinics to say you know what how about you give us one free HD baby a year Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they're willing to do that yeah yeah, and giving to charity yep. in the states is a, is a write off. So, you know, yes, I'm, I'm really we, we've heard to go, of clinics doing you know. that. Yeah. Yes, and and that's I would like that to be something that that all of them do. Um, mm-hmm. And I wish I could yes. get them to do it here. You know, like I said, well, and, and it's so interesting. Yeah, it's so interesting you say that because you know for them to do a pro bono work um, and and do and do a procedure, that's one thing. But to actually have a nonprofit that they can go through where they can write it off, um, yes. you know, and use that nonprofit profit status, I would think that would be um, for us that we would benefit off them getting in this incentive of a of a yeah. write off that we can we can provide. You know, that you guys would be able yeah. to provide I mean, this I, uh, I for hate, a family. I hate the phrase. Yeah, I hate the phrase win win, but it would be. That you know, it we would, would win. Yeah, I get you know. Um, I mean, I even have somebody in the states who's a, a celebrity that I really want to approach about becoming our patron. 
Um, this is how far yeah. down the road we've gone. It's just with the politics at the moment, it just makes it a little harder to get things done. Yeah. Yeah, and I have heard here in the state that a couple um, of my friends have had um, have had IVF uh, PDG through um, they their insurance did pay for it, but they had to advocate for themselves. And so, just to, yes. one of the girls, it was an incredibly bright woman, and I, I told her, I said, "Gosh, we need to write down every single thing you did to advocate for yes. yourself." Because she went in with her health care and told them, "This is how much it's going to cost if." you know, my child has Huntington's over the course of its, yes. you know, of my child's life. This is how much yes. it would cost you to not have to. So, you know, she really put forth this amazing argument, and the insurance company actually ended up paying, I think, 80%. Um, wow. But, you know, even if we had something out there to help our community advocate for themselves, even if, you know, Phil's, Phil's kids yes. had publications on how to advocate for yourself, because, and I know that Absolutely. I know you guys do have that. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we we have the same thing here in England in that some NHS trusts will turn you down. Um, and luckily, I, um, I'm aware of somebody who um, got turned down. And luckily for them, they were very articulate. They were into professional arguing because they were um, in law. And they argued mm -hmm. with the trust and got it overturned. So it is possible mm -hmm. even when you get a no. And so that's the kind of thing that we look for. We look for saying, well, this is going to cost this much. And the the hard thing, I think, in the States is the pre-existing condition clause that happens with lots of insurances. Mm. Yeah, um, yep. of course. But, um, you know, it, you don't ever just take no for an answer for the first time. If Once you start, as, yeah. and as we all know in the HD battle, you can't take no for an answer. Yeah. You just have yep. to keep pushing the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I, I say we have to advocate for every single part of our lives, it seems like. Absolutely. Uh, are, it, just, it never stops. Yeah. 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 Well, let's talk about how do people get in contact with you? Um, we have a Facebook page. It's literally just Phil's Kids. Um, we have a wedge page, web page, at which is philskids.uk. Okay. Um, and all of the contact details are on there. Um, the email address is on there, our phone number, even our snail mail address. Um, but uh, Facebook is probably the quickest way because that pings on our phones <laughs> straight away. Sure, yeah. Those notifications are great, aren't they? <laughs> we get, we get a lot aren't of they? Those. They're amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, when yeah. we first started out, um, we were getting pings from... Australia, Canada, the States. I mean, we've just been amazed at how many people have been in contact. Yeah, yeah. So um, what is the greatest challenge you find with families going through PDG IVF? I think the first challenge, which we all know, whether we're going through that or not, is facing the hard facts of HD and the risk of HD. Mm -hmm. Um when you finally have to think about having your children, you really do have to sit down and say, well, I have to think about the fact that I may actually have this seriously and what will happen. And then you have to balance, as we've talked about previously, the balancing of the, the certainty of a resulting child being HD-free with the uncertainty of the process resulting in a baby at all. Um, you're going to go through this, you're going to get your hopes up, and you're going to think, oh, if I do the IVF here, I will have a baby by. But they don't all work out as as 
you don't always get an implantation, you don't always get pregnant, and as with any pregnancy, not all of them go all the way through. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of time and commitment and stress involved in the process. It's not just a case of, oh, let's go and try for a baby. There are tests and medicines and procedures to go through. Um, and there's an amount of grief and guilt over the discarded embryos for some people. Um, mm -hmm. You do think to yourself, okay, we've, we've taken this swathe of embryos because they've got chromosome 4 from dad. Um, but in there, there might have been some who didn't have HD. And you, that's one. They're the things that you really, really have to deal with. And then there are other people who um, can't afford PGD or prefer not to use the method, and they go on to get pregnant and use the um, CVS instead. Um, mm -hmm. And that in itself brings a, a different set of challenges. Sure. Yeah. Um, of course. So it is. It's just you know. This is. You can. It's kind of like the agnosia that comes with HD. You can imagine that it's not there and it, it hasn't happened to you and it's not going to happen to you. But when you start thinking about, well, it might happen to my children, then you really do have to start thinking about it in real time. And that's mm -hmm. difficult for a lot of people. Yeah, isn't that interesting? I've never thought about us having agnosia as well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we, yes. But that does make sense, yes. Um, we don't want it, yeah. It, it, you know, yeah. but I think this is, this is so important. I actually, you know, I have my three children and I've made it very, this is an open subject that I've started to happen age appropriate with my oldest, my daughter, who's now getting ready to start driving and stuff. And now we can start talking yeah. about these, these hard subjects of HD. And, um, and I'm really talking to her about how important this is um, and how um, I will sell everything. <laughs> I will sell my yes. house. I will sell my cars. I will do everything I can um, to make sure that this is available to my children. Um, yes. If this is, if this is what they choose. And, and, and of course I hope they do um, choose yes. this route to, to have a baby that's free of HD. So, um, yes. but it is, because until there's, it is a know, political subject, I'm sure. It is very, and there are people who have beliefs that can't, travel along with this but for 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 most of us or for those who, who aren't of that ilk until there's a cure or a long-term treatment this is the best ammunition we've got in our arsenal to mm -hmm. fight this disease um yep. pgd Absolutely. ivf or ivf pgd is something mm -hmm. we have within our grasp and it's a way to make mm -hmm. this generation the last generation into a fa in the family to have hd it's stopped it's ended mm -hmm. it's gone and, yeah. Um, yeah. The joy that you get from looking at a baby within your family that you know doesn't is not going to have this is just—it's mm. unbelievable. It's like the angels right. are giving you wings. Yeah. So oh. the, to know that that child isn't going to have to suffer, yeah. Absolutely. Um, um, I mean, you know that that yeah. child may have to walk the path of caring for a parent who has sure, HD. Sure, of course. Yeah. But that's very different doing that and knowing that you are, you aren't going to follow in their footsteps than it is of doing that wondering if you are going to follow in their footsteps. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um I have to tell you we uh if you ever get out here to California, Hope Race International would love to 
to uh, partner in, in things with you. I know all of our really good friends here that are HD um, U.S. and California-based HD organizations, like we have a faith, HD Care, um, we all have had long discussions about this very topic, and I'm sure you spoke to these people um, along oh, yeah. the way. And yeah, and we definitely all definitely all support and want to help the support our community that we serve here in any way we possibly can. Um, and it would be great to have partnerships once you get over here and we could work together. We would love that. Absolutely, so, I would um, absolutely love that. And if you're if you're our way, the same thing holds true. I think the only way we can do this is if we all team together to get this done. You know, yeah. Um, we yeah. we just I I'm a trained social worker. We just found a gap in the service market that wasn't there, and we said, okay, this is something we can do and something that fits with the ethos of my husband. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, um, we're just little, but we need as many soldiers in the army to beat this thing. Yeah, together absolutely. is always stronger. Yep, so. absolutely. So, well, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on um, and talking to us. And before I go, is there any? Do you have any final thoughts before I lead into some updates? Um, No, not really. Just um, you know, spread the word. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on and joining us. And everyone can go to their website or their Facebook page and check them out. That's uh, that's Phil's kids. And um, some updates coming up for Help for HD is we are on our way to Iowa. We have our hype day on August 26th. And so we are really excited to see our community over there. And um, that's highly interactive participant education. So we are really excited. We have a great lineup of speakers coming, um, HD experts, and we are all going to have a really good day. That is free to the HD community. And if you would like to register, just go to www.help4hd.org. And there is a registration button right on the home page. Click that, put your name in, and we will see you, gosh, in a week and a half. Um, next week's radio show is on, um, we're going to have Vicki Owen on the show, who just attended the Alabama Chief of Police meeting, where she was able to exhibit and come face-to-face with law enforcement agents um, in the, throughout the whole state of Alabama and talk to them about Huntington's disease and give them information to take back to their departments. So that is... Um, that is going to be an exciting show to hear how that event went. Uh, for any other updates, please visit, as always, www.help4hd.org. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter and like us on Facebook. Until then, everyone have a safe night.